Screenless. The TV drama is imagined. The work and the guests are real. Making a soundtrack. Hello, Dan. Hello, Gareth. Opening scene and action. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. I'm a little bit sad, though. Why is that? It's our last episode of oh, it is. Making yeah. a Soundtrack Series 1. It is. As my kids say, two tears from one eye. Oh. So this episode, we're going to reflect on the series, the, the whole, whole series. series. Yeah. Yeah. We've been going since September and mostly every week, apart from our little break at Christmas. Yes, the Christmas break. But other than that, it was it's been one a week. It's been one a week, so fairly relentless, fairly uh, quite hard work, actually, making a podcast, isn't it? Um, yes, they, more they so said, than we thought, I think. <laughs> searching for sympathy. And <laughs> <laughs> so what will you miss overall, do you think, oh, from the from well, the podcast experience? There, there, will be the, there will be the Skype chats, obviously, with you. Yes, which we can still have. Yes, just not record them. Yes, and put them out into the public. And put them out into the public, yeah. Mm. Um, I'll miss that. I will miss talking to some unbelievably lovely, talented and generous people. Oh, why, thank you very much. No, I mean the guests. Mean, oh, okay. I mean right, the guests. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've been exceptionally lucky. We really guests. have. We really have. And I think, uh, well, we, we'll talk about this in our behind-the-scenes segment, but yes, uh, I think we were quite surprised, weren't we, about how much generous advice our guests were giving. Yeah, definitely. Just offering it up. So what's next? I suppose we are coming to the end of the album as well as the podcast. Yeah, we'll be talking about track 10 later. We will. And we'll be talking after the episode about series two. Series two. We won't be back immediately, I'm very no. sorry to say. But we do have plans afoot, don't we? To, we most definitely do. To bring another series. So finally, in the opening scene, I suppose we should say that we'll be celebrating the end of this series by going to the Royal Festival Hall Central Bar on Saturday, which will be tomorrow as this episode goes out. Yep, on or Saturday, possibly weeks <laughs> last, ago, last if, year. If you, <laughs> if you listen to this podcast at some unspecified time in the future, yeah, depending on where you are in the general thing of time. We will at some point be going for drinks, yes. which we will call Saturday the 25th of January from 6pm at the Royal Festival Bar, <laughs> uh, Royal Festival Hall Bar. But for you, that could be something in the past. Yeah. If you are five billion light years away on the planet Megatron 4. Indeed. And if you yeah. did miss it, you will be crying two tears out of one eye. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're guaranteeing that people won't turn up now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's my fault. If nobody turns up, that's my fault. Ah, oh. So it only leaves us to say what's coming up. I prepared a little something. Have you? Yeah. I think I might have listened to it earlier. Did you? It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so before you say cue the music for the very last time uh -huh. on, on series one, let's just hear all of your cue the music ridiculousness all pieced together. Yes. Is it time for cue the music? Cue the music. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Q 
Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. It's time for Dan to sing. Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. Cue the music. Something about cueing something. Is it? Is it? Is there something? Yeah, something. There's a cue music. There it is. Cue the music. Cue the music. Go on, get up there, son. Cue the music. <laughs> Yay. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Sing properly. <coughs> Cue the music. Cue the music. Now I know you're not in a jazz club. <laughs> So there we go. All of your cue the music uh, moments. What a masterpiece that is. I think the, my favourite one was the first one because I don't think even you knew what was happening. <laughs> No, no, I have no idea why I did it. And then when I did it, I thought I'd better keep it up. <laughs> anyway, Dan, for the last time, I think it's time to... Uh... <clears throat> <Cure> the music! <laughs> Going for more of a primal scream approach. Than... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cure the music. So, track 10. Track 10, the final track of the album. Who'd have thunk it? We've got the there. final frontier. Mm. When we spoke last, you had an idea for I did. track 10, which yeah. had kind of been bubbling since track seven or something. Yeah, I, it, was, it was from ages ago. Yeah. And um, it was one of those things where you're doing something for one track and all of a sudden you, I came across these chords mm. and just thought, oh, I better put that down. With it being called resolution, I thought it's probably going to be quite slow. Mm. So I did it at a low tempo. I just put a click up and then just played those chords in. And it's about four and a half minutes of me going. There's a little change in the middle, but it's basically just two chords. Ironically, two unresolved chords. Two unresolved chords, so yeah. So it, it does resolve in the end. Yes, yeah, it didn't. Yeah. And then we decided perhaps it should actually resolve. <laughs> with, the, with the title of resolution. Yes, indeed. So that was kind of it. And I thought nothing of it and thought, and I remember sending you that text as we spoke about last week saying, oh, I think I've come up with an idea. I thought nothing of it, haven't listened to it since. And then when it came to track 10 and we needed to start, I thought, well, I better listen to it and see what it's like. Mm. And I was pleasantly surprised because actually it was rather good. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, it was very nice. Yeah. And when I heard it, I immediately thought, Yes, we can surround this with ideas that have gone through yeah. the album. Because um, it was literally just some very slow string chords, and yeah. that was it. Yeah. In my eyes, it's been way easier to populate this with other things than track nine, for instance, which is, yeah. Yeah. we came at a different perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it so, goes yeah. to show that um, actually when you're collaborating, a good thing is to share things early. Yeah. Because it's, it does spark that kind of... Uh, creative juices in the other person very quickly mm. and the other thing is that if you've got an idea just whack it down quickly yes thoroughly agree so you sent me the strings yep. that you recorded you also sent me through the midi for those strings for the strings yep i don't know what you were thinking 
I don't know what you were thinking. I, <laughs> sending the MIDI I, through. But, I rarely do any kind of thinking. Yeah. I think that's. I, I presume you thought it would be helpful in some way. I thought way. it might be helpful because, yeah. you know, they're, they're not typical chords. Mm. There's a lot of suspensions and strange yeah. harmonic stuff in there. There's kind of like two notes held over mm. in each chord. So they always share the same note, which kind of gives it a, an unsettling thing. But at the same time, it's all connected mm-hmm. together and sounds as one. And I just thought if I sent you the MIDI, rather than you sitting there trying to work it out, you'd just be able to pull the MIDI up and go, oh, that's it. Yeah, which I did. Yeah. Uh, and the first thing I did actually with the MIDI, I imported it just in case I needed it. And the first thing I did was to drag it into the soft piano patch yeah. that we've been using. And it just suddenly resulted in a a nice little chord at the start of the yeah. strings and uh, it seems to fit. So I've tweaked it slightly, but yeah, generally it's it's just all there, ready to go. Cool. And then you, um, we spoke, didn't we, about adding maybe a string quartet to it rather than more strings because we've got like this big string patch. Yeah. So it's like we've got, the, we've got the string section doing something and maybe mm-hmm. having a couple of solo strings or a quartet yeah. doing something. So you added... Yeah, I added a few strings. I wouldn't call it a... a like a traditional quartet as such but you know there are strings coming in and out of it more duets than yeah four four things going on at once but i wanted to revisit some of the character themes so we have character one theme in there we have character two theme yeah and um i was very conscious actually thinking back just reflecting back on how those character themes have developed through the album and so I had the character one theme. Uh, initially, the character two theme seemed like a threat, but I wanted to, mm. to sit in a peaceful kind of resolved way next to the character one theme. And then yeah. it turns into, again, following your the, the chords that you resolve onto into A minor, I wanted that to kind of reflect in the in the solo strings as well. So it kind of almost created a new theme out of it. Yeah, it's lovely. That's good to hear. <clears throat> I think uh, I think the the whole thing it comes together very quickly, mm. which is nice. It's fairly simple, but it doesn't need to be ridiculously complicated. No, um, and I think it's been I think it's been quite a success. I think so too. Good. Yeah. Unlike the my other idea that I had, which was to put those bowls from track two <laughs> into track four, which I thought was a great idea. And then I imported them and yeah. No, yeah. What was, was just, what was wrong with that? I was just, I just thought if I had like, as I mentioned last week, a hit on like the first beat of the bar, mm. it just sounded, it didn't fit because it didn't sound like it belonged there. Mm. I, th- I think part of that is because I'm so used to the character one theme being that way sounding that way there's not a great deal going on in the character one theme Mm. you know it's piano driven with a little bit of strings and some synth and that's kind of it and then as soon as you add something else to it it kind of took away from i think it has a a kind of a feeling of isolation in a way yeah yeah which is kind of the feeling i was going for so yeah it's appropriate yeah so yeah so that that didn't work okay so should we hear a bit of track 10? Yeah, let's... Oh, in fact, can I suggest something? Yeah, yeah, go on then. Why don't we play a little bit of each of the tracks leading up to track 10, ah. and then we can play track 10 at the end. Yes. I'll mention which track we're on as we go through. Nice. And then we can show our listeners kind of the context of the album. Yeah, cool. Okay, here we go then. Track 1, Introduction.
Track 2, Theme Tune. Track 3, Location. Track 4, Character 1 theme. Track 5, Character 2 Theme. Track 6, The Liminal Zone.
Track 7, Aftermath. Track 8, Build to Event. event. Track 10, Resolution.
there we are. That's our album. Wow. Little disclaimer, though, because this is unmixed. What I've just played is totally unmixed. Well, you know, mixed as we've gone along, but uh, you haven't added your sparkly wow yet. No, I have not. That's uh, that's something to do next. Structure-wise and uh, melody-wise, it's all there. There's just a few little extra production tricks, really, that we're going to put in. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, it is. I, I, I'd say it was all written, yeah. but pretty complete. The, pretty complete. Yes. But I just wouldn't yeah. want uh, our good listeners to think that's the finished product because we no. we've still got a little way to go. But it, it's certainly a, have. this is where we are now, and certainly we've yeah the writing we've got to the end, and so uh, now it's getting the the duster out and the polish and that's it. <laughs> Sparkly wow, tidying things up. So the original plan for the for actually writing this album was to a write in a the style of a TV drama uh, and Indeed, explore yeah. all that and experiment, which I think we've done successfully. I think so. Yeah, it was to speak to loads of people and share that information and knowledge with anyone who's listening. Yeah, which I think we've done successfully. I do believe we have as well. Yeah, and so really, what's next is finding a home for this album for the music that we've yes. written. So you had a. A little update for that, didn't you? Yes, I had a meeting a couple of weeks ago with a library and they are very keen on taking it. So so as of now, there is interest, which is great. There is interest. Yeah. So once we've got it, once we've got it finished, we'll uh, we'll send it over. And I suppose on a, another level, uh, if there are any producers or directors or decision makers out there who like the sound of what we're doing, have a conversation, you know send us an yeah. email we'd, we'd love to talk to you absolutely okay wow i think it's uh time to uh, go behind the scenes i think it is bts behind the scenes this week we are going to be just reflecting on all of the wonderful guests that we've had and every interview we had on the show, we asked our guests about advice for their younger selves or people going into the, the business that they're in. We got some absolutely cracking advice as well. We did. Some, really, really top stuff. Yeah. You can see the videos of those on our social media, but we're just going to go through them now and uh, just reflect on that advice. So first of all, we've got Rob McCallum, who is concept artist and uh, storyboarder to the Hollywood movies and dramas. Yes, indeed. Here we go. My younger self, I would say stick up for yourself a little bit more. Maybe keep directing, because that's what I want. Right. <laughs> I, I, used to, I, used to make, I used to make short films. I got into storyboarding because I, I used to make my own short films and then I ended up doing comics for a while. I worked for uh, 2000 AD and Marvel and DC. I worked for Stan Lee for two years from uh, a house in Greenock. <laughs> doing everything by phone call and FedEx because that was before computers were any use. But uh, as far as the drawing side of it goes, it's worked out all right. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm kind of you know it's worked out probably about as well as it could so far. Touch wood. Um, for younger artists, basically stick at it. Um, don't copy people too much. Don't learn to draw from comics or manga. Learn to draw from real life because you can always tell when somebody has only learned to draw from comics. Wow. Mm. Yeah. yeah, stick up for yourself. Yeah, that's good. And stick at it. 
Yeah, Indeed. stick at it, stick up for yourself. I think there's a lot to be said for both of those. Yeah, and something that's come up more than once is um, just don't try to copy other people. Yeah. Be yourself. Okay, yeah. so um, going from Rob, uh, Andrea Gibb, the scriptwriter, whose recent drama Elizabeth is Missing is, uh, is wonderful and I believe still on BBC iPlayer if you haven't caught it yet. She talks about... Picking your battles carefully. Let's listen to Andrea. To have more confidence in your own opinion, I think, would have been a would have been a very important lesson for me because I, I tended to be quite bendy to begin with. If somebody, you know, I'm saying a minute ago, you have to listen. I think I listened too much to begin with. Mm. I think there is a, a happy medium where actually you have to be prepared to let some battles go in order to win the war, if you like. Make sure you know your priorities, that what are the things that really, really, really matter? I, I tend to write to, to split things into three things. Um, and I think I would have told my younger self to do this sooner. Um, things that I would lie down in the road and die for, you know, that you could run me over with a car and I will not give in. Things that I will shout a lot about and argue my case but be prepared to shift slightly and things that actually don't matter that much. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So basically things that you will die for, yeah. things that you will argue a lot over and possibly bend a little bit mm. and stuff that you couldn't give two hoots about. So what's the point in worrying about it? Yeah. Or it's not worth creating the fuss about. It. Yeah. 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 Great advice. Yeah, definitely. And the um, the beginning when she was talking about having confidence in her own opinion. That's another one as well, I it's, think. That's a really hard one, isn't it? Because when you're young and just starting out and naive and... Yeah, because you, you want to please everyone. You want yeah. to be the person... You, you know, it's like everything in life. You want to say yes. Yes! Yes! But sometimes actually no, or perhaps a maybe. Or a why. Yeah, why? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't say that? Say that to my kids. Why? <laughs> so uh, next up was Tristan Noon, the orchestrator. He's worked on lots and lots of drama himself. He has. Here's what he had to say about patience. I would probably say patience. I'm not very good at being patient. I just wanted to be up there <laughs> straight away, and of course, it doesn't happen like that. Yeah, be patient. I think that's one thing that I've probably not been very good at. To be honest, I've tried to kind of skip ahead as much as I could. And, and although that's, you know, you think that's probably a good thing to get as many jobs as you can, all that sort of stuff. You, I don't know, I feel like you, you kind of lose perspective if, you, if you're not patient. I, I just think patience is one of those things you just, it will come to you eventually. If you just keep, keep, work, keep working hard, it will come to you. Patience with a dash of persistence. Exactly, yeah. Yes, patience. Got to have a little patience. Yeah, I was going to say in the immortal words uh, so Gary Barlow very wise words well I think it goes along with Rob sticking at it mm. you know you've, you've got to stick at it there are times when you do feel like giving in because nothing seems to be going your way mm. you do need to stick at it and you do need to have the patience to just roll with it yeah and it seems to be you know there are more and more people freelancing nowadays and I think it's a, a well I've certainly heard from a lot of people who have said I expected things to happen sooner. Yes. Yeah. I thought it would happen straight away. I, you yeah. know, when you come from a, a job where you're working office hours and stuff, you just expect things to happen. 
And when you're learning a craft, you have to go through all that tough stuff. Yeah. Just keep going, keep writing. Uh, So I think Tristan's right in that respect. Definitely. And the other thing is just because you've got, say, a big job now doesn't mean that the phone's going to continue ringing Mm. once that big job finishes. Yeah. You know, so. Absolutely. Okay. So that was Tristan. Next we had, ah, do you know this guy? Uh, Sam someone? No. No. (laughs) No, never heard of him. (laughs) Sam Watts, uh, brother to... um, Some... (laughs) We can't make this not safe for work. (laughs) Okay, yeah. Sam Watts, brother to... The, uh, yeah, brother to the originator of the Cue the Music jingle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that's how Sam would like to be remembered as well. Yes, yeah, definitely. Have you heard of Sam Watts? Oh, isn't he connected to the uh, Cue the Music album? You know, the one that won all those Grammys? <laughs> Which is basically two notes in different yeah. keys. and yeah. yeah, move over Lizzo. Anyway. I'm coming for them, gra- I'm coming for them Grammys. <laughs> anyway, Sam talked about working hard but enjoying yourself at the same time. Work really hard, but not too hard. Make sure you have time to enjoy yourself. Actually, enjoying yourself is really key. Don't get too stressed. If they give you an orchestra, enjoy it. Also, stop listening to soundtracks, which John Powell has famously said. Um, The worst thing you can do is try and sound like somebody else. Try and sound like yourself. Try and develop your own voice. The most successful composers are those who have their own voice i'm thinking about people like alex baranowski who has done all of the bbc2 idents most recently alex is probably one of the best composers of his generation mostly because he does alex and his voice is really clear so Sam there echoing really what Rob was saying. Yeah, yeah, be yourself. Don't copy other people. And I think you ultimately find writing a lot more satisfying if you don't try to emulate other people. It's difficult because you listen to records and stuff and you hear stuff and you think that's really cool. How did they do that? Mm-hmm. And I think the difference between just copying someone and incorporating mm, being influenced something by. is yeah, is is a fine line. Mm. Um, sometimes but uh, you do need to you know really kind of strive out on your own yeah I mean there are times when there is a brief and the brief is I want you to sound like this and so it's unavoidable sometimes but I think in a general sense to try and create your own identity as a composer is the best thing you can always even if the brief says you know I want you to be like so-and-so you can be a bit like so-and-so but you have to do it in your own style yeah very good point So that was Sam. Then we had director Steve Hughes, director of Casualty and second unit on things like Treadstone, which is just out, actually. I've got it lined up to watch. I need to finish Chernobyl and uh, Lost in Space. I'm I'm still watching as well, so I need to... um, I'm still watching Lost in Space. Mm. Uh, I've just finished The Expanse. (gasps) I need to start series four. Right, yeah, I've just finished. Uh, Yeah, but then I will be... I will be on with Treadstone. Here's Steve talking about aiming high. 
I think I could have pushed myself a bit harder when I was younger. I was afraid that, oh, I'm a, I'm from Wigan. Nobody's going to take a, a director straight from Wigan, you know. So I didn't aim as high as what I could have done. And, you know, I was, even though I was confident in my abilities, I, I you know, I always thought I, I knew what I was doing. But I thought that because of where I was from, um, that people would judge, you know, well, you're not from London. Especially when I was starting out, things were kind of different now. You know, there's a much bigger kind of um, um, grid for the way people, you know, people that work, you know, things happen all over. I think I, I would tell myself not to sort of, to, to, to push myself harder like I'm you know finally finishing a, a film script after years and that you know my friends always said to me you know you could be making a movie by now but, but because I've been very cautious maybe I've been a bit overcautious about things you know I, I you know my feature script I don't want to send it out to anybody until I think it's perfect when it doesn't really matter people want to read a script whether it's you know there's going to be rewrites and things going to change but because it's my first script I'm extra extra cautious and that I wish I, ha- I wasn't I didn't have that kind of quality is that um yeah I, I, sh- I could push myself a bit further yep I've definitely been guilty of that one Yes, I think probably everybody has, haven't they? Yeah, well, I think it's very easy to be in your own bubble. And when you are creating something, you know, especially if you're doing something that's not, if, if, if you're doing something for picture or work or whatever it happens to be, and there's a brief and you've got to hit certain bits and, you know, there are other masters mm. at play, then it's easier to kind of fall in line, get it done and get on with things but when it's your own stuff when you're doing your own personal projects mm. it can be very easy to sort of disappear down that rabbit hole until not come away until it's yeah. absolutely 100 percent perfect yeah i can appreciate how when you're learning and when you're improving it's hard to know how good it can be you know you yeah. get to a point where you think oh wow that sounds amazing and i'm sure we've all listened to mixes that we've done 10 years ago and gone Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That could sound a lot better. Uh, and it's just, uh, you know, it's just evolving and, and improving, isn't it, over time? Yeah. Experience. Absolutely. So who's next? Who's next? Well, we have, let's see, Lucy Mitchell, who spoke to us from her brand new studio. Lucy does dialogue editing, sound effects and foley editing, ADR and voiceover recording, and full post mixing. I do kind of wish I'd done a degree in it just from my own confidence side of things I guess like I felt very intimidated by all the boys who knew stuff I guess maybe also I was younger and I was the only girl so in the kind of machine room thing but yes we all had to learn the tape op stuff because they didn't teach that at unis but I knew that as soon as we got into the studios they would just go much you know I didn't know how to do anything they'd all done surround mixes and done all the produced songs and whatever I, I would like to have done a degree in it um, if you don't do a degree I think these days with the podcast like, like this learning about the industry so i go and do a lot of talks at universities not a lot i do some talks at universities and although i teach them about the physical job of stuff like how to do stuff it's more about how you do the job in the sense that what do you do first and what it's like working in the industry and who a bit like this kind of thing who talks to who and what you know you can learn these and i think those kind of things are important to learn so listening to podcasts doing a lot of reading i mean lucy was talking about advice to herself and you know she was talking about maybe wanting to do a degree but I think it's more really, in the general sense, identifying what you think you need and actually seeking it out. So uh, she was talking about listening to podcasts and searching things out online. Yeah, well, I think that, you know, the playing field has changed because of technology. Nowadays, mm. you can do research on the internet and find out absolutely anything. Which I'm sure we both do quite oh, a lot. Oh, yeah, loads. And especially, you know, in, in the composing world, certainly media composing, you're having to wear several hats and that's another theme that's gone through yeah so um yeah i'm always going mm, how do i do that and it's not so much a 
I can't do that. You have to have the attitude of, how do I do that? How am I going to get there? And so, yeah, online resources uh, are very handy for that. Yeah. After Lucy, we had Melton Baytok. Melton. Who very kindly came on and talked about her experiences in Foley. Learned a lot about that, actually. About um, yeah. a lot of Foley artists were ballet dancers before. and Dancers, yeah. And, yeah. And things like that. Which makes total sense. It does, yeah. So here's Melton talking about listening. Listen lots. Um, whatever you go, whatever you do, touch everything. I'm touching everything because it's the texture, every texture and the weight of them and the hollow or, you know, everything is different sounding. And you will not, whatever you're, you see, your brain will trick you sometimes to the look, but when you touch it and feel it, it's different and you will touch it, you know, just touch everything and learn and try to visual memorize them with the, because just seeing it doesn't make the sense. You need to be able to hear it when to combine them because they give the clues and from to me. Hmm. That's great, isn't it? Just seeing something doesn't make sense. You've got to hear yeah. it as well. Yeah, you need to touch it and you need to hear it. Yeah, so that was absolutely fantastic. Simon Whiteside came on to talk about his experiences in on-set music. So on-set meaning, actually, if there was something playing in shot, then he would go, well, he would write music for them, work with yeah. a composer, maybe write stuff himself, and then go on-set and advise the musicians about certain things, make sure everyone's up to standard. <laughs> And things like yes, that. Yes, that was another thing. Yeah. So here he is. Here's Simon with his advice about being nice and listening to music every day. So the first rank of things that things that you really should do: write music every day, listen to music every day, and study a bit every day. I think all of us should always do that all the time as musicians. Otherwise, you go off the boil, really. Mm. Uh, and you and the the passion should drive that anyway. It shouldn't be complicated and people say oh well everyone listens to music every day i don't really mean hear music i mean sit down and listen to it you know actively participate in getting deep into it then i've got a, a set of second rank things to do uh, one of the things people very rarely say is how do you get into the business is like be a good person be yeah, someone who yeah. can people can work with so work every day on having a positive attitude and if someone says do you think we can do this try and make your first answer yes rather than no for example even if it is hard yeah. Even if it is hard. Even if yeah. it is hard. And it will be. Yeah, great advice. I love the uh, actively listening to music bit rather than just consuming it. Mm. I mean, you know, I have music on all the time, but I might have music on in the kitchen while I'm cooking tea or whatever, and the kids will be running around and they'll be asking me questions and Lizzie might be asking me questions and other stuff. And, and you know, you're not 100% there with it taking the time to actually sit down. I think that's one of the benefits of vinyl, isn't it? You've recently uh, yes. got back into it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah without shadow of a doubt. The activity of sitting down and reading the notes. and It is. Somebody was saying to me the other day, well, how's the sound quality? And I was like, well, it's, it's okay. <laughs> what? It's, not, it's, not, it's not better. I was like, well, no. No, not really. I don't think it is any better. But it's not that that's the, the appeal. It's, mm. the, it's the fact that you take the time. Yeah. You get a physical thing and you have to do something with it. And the other thing is, it's not like you can get distracted and, you know, 
go off somewhere and then go, oh, God, I've missed half the album. Mm. Because actually there's only three or four songs and then you've got to turn the side over. Yeah. So <laughs> you've, got to be, you've got to be close to it. It's like it's holding you captive. Okay, so next we had uh, Peter Black, who you, Dan, have worked with on a feature film. I have indeed. I thought it was really good, actually, the, the way Peter was describing about ignoring the negative voices in your head. I've spent a lot of my time in, in my 30s where I was sort of lacking in confidence in my own work. I think in my, in my 20s, I was quite confident about myself and my work, and I thought I could probably, you know, become the next big shot director. And then the 30s kicked in, and then suddenly I started doubting myself and mm. whether I, I could really pull this off and whether I had anything to say. And then, and then and then I think maybe in my 40s, I kind of decided to throw all that away and decide that actually I could pull this off. I can do this and I am good enough to be here. So, yeah, if, if, if I could give myself an advice, it would probably be, you know, forget about all the um, the negative voices you have in your head. Very good advice. Yeah. I think we all we all suffer from the uh, the little devils popping up and telling us that we're not good enough and never going to amount to anything and all the rest of it and actually it's uh it's a it's a tough thing but just turning around and saying you know do one <laughs> yeah i am actually yeah i mean it's very easy for us in hindsight because we're similar age to go oh well you know we were confident in our 20s and then later on the the doubt creeps in and then you hit 40 and you go ah well you know i'm comfortable in my own skin and this is me and I feel yeah. a lot better about what I'm doing. So I suppose the advice is for people in their 20s, isn't it, who are now confident and they don't know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep hold yeah, of it. Yeah, just keep hold of it. If you get that doubt in your head, just realise that life does evolve and you, you, you might not end up where you intended to when you, when you started out. But that's okay. Absolutely. Okay, so next we had... Conductor and composer and orchestrator Jeremy Holland Smith and his advice about enjoying yourself. I think at this stage in my life, I would definitely try and say to myself, you need to in, enjoy it a bit more. I think um, I would definitely say try not to worry so much. Um, <laughs> you know, we are we are kind of a delicate breed, and sometimes it's it's sort of quite kind of cutthroat, isn't it? And yeah. um, and it's quite hard to kind of, you know, push through the noise. I think this is quite a kind of, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, it, it feels qu a quite a kind of turning time. And it's difficult to know how to sort of manage that and whether you just kind of hold on to all the, you know, experience that you do have and all the experience you can give to projects or work uh, or people. So I would definitely say try and enjoy it more. Yeah, great advice again. You know, stuff happens so quick these days. I don't know, maybe this is another symptom of us getting on a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Time moving so quickly. But um, things happen so quickly, It's sometimes it's very easy just to, something will happen and it'll pass you by. Before you know it, you've done it and you haven't actually enjoyed it. You haven't taken any time yeah. to appreciate what's been going on. Which is why, yeah, I mean, it's celebrating the small milestones as well as the big ones, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Any excuse. Great. Okay, so next we had Ian Arbor, composer, 
And Ian had some advice about socialising with people who do the same thing as you. Because, and especially when you're starting out, you can be, it's possible you can be guarded about what you're doing uh, and thinking everyone's in competition. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Which to an extent they are, but also you might find that they are the best support group you could possibly wish for. Yeah. And through networking, you never know, you might get work as well. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Ian was saying, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, let's, let's let Ian say it, shall we? <laughs> I was always massively positive. I was the most unpessimistic person on the planet. So that kind of helped me not get down when I, people weren't replying to my emails or I wasn't winning pictures for things. So I suppose it's that kind of relentless attitude to not give up and keep going. So in terms of how I did it and how I think, uh, you know, my, where my breaks came from was having relationships with other composers. So that's one thing I often say to younger guys and girls at university or, you know, even younger starting out is, you know, you always have people saying, don't network with composers, don't do this, don't do that. But literally every break and every kind of useful advice I've ever got have been from more established composers than me. And just knowing Joe Kramer is the reason why he hired me to assist him on Mission Impossible. And these things just happen through knowing people. Yeah. It's not what you know, it's who you know. <laughs> it is indeed. But on a very basic level, it's really nice to meet up with other composers and just, you know, people who understand why that plugin isn't working <laughs> and yeah. things like that. Why is it, it's not just that people who understand that when you've had when you've had a bad day because a certain thing has happened, yeah. that's happened to them and they can totally understand it. And actually, sometimes all you need is someone to say, Oh God, yeah, I hate it when that happens, or oh yeah, that's happened to me. And then that's it, it's gone. Mm. You suddenly don't feel alone anymore and all of that weight disappears and you have another beer yeah. and the world is great. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the time in these get-togethers, you have people who are more experienced than you and yeah. people who are less experienced than you. So there's a real ecosystem of support where you kind of pass on the positive. It's it's an odd thing because, as Ian was saying, you know, loads of people said, oh, don't mix with other composers and stuff. You know, it's all the competition and stuff. But every single composer pretty much that I've ever met bar, I mean, we're talking an absolute handful, not even getting past, you know, I can use one hand to count the people that I wouldn't particularly want to mingle with again. The rest of them have just been the nicest, loveliest people. Yeah. Giving with their time, giving with their support, just totally lovely people. Yeah. Right. So our final guest was Tim Nielsen from Skywalker Sound, who again was Totally generous with his advice. Yeah. He was talking about actively engaging when you're recording and not, not just, I mean, he was talking about sound recording. Uh, so when you're out, not just pointing the microphone in the air and hitting record, uh, but actually thinking it through, actively engaging with what you're recording. Here's what he had to say. My first thing would be, you know, learn everything you can about all the different things. And then I think if you want to work in sound design, I think it's really crucial that you start recording your own sound effects right from the beginning of your career. I think that it's what's helped separate you from other people. You know, your own library and your own taste becomes apparent mm. as you start building your library of sounds. Learning to record sounds well makes you a better editor and learning to edit well makes you a better recordist. And all of these things go hand in hand. I mean, if you there's nothing like learning if how to uh 
record a door close when you have to go and edit that door. You know, the first time you send somebody out to record a door, which is a little bit of a test I always have somebody do, you know, they record it opening and closing. And then you show them the scene where the guy's pounding on the door, then rattling it, then moving the handle, and you realize that they, they got they recorded one tenth of what they actually need for that. So, you know, recording is not a passive exercise. You know, you have to actively engage with what you're recording, and that's that's one thing that I think a lot of people miss early on. I think they just think my job is just to go out there, hit record, and just gather whatever's there. No, Tim, they're telling it like it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I just think that's a great metaphor for a lot of things in life, actually. Yeah. The recording the door. You go, you record the handle, you record it opening and shutting, and that's it, job done. But no, it's not. <laughs> There's yeah. so much more. Yeah. There is so much more. Yeah. I liked the way Tim opened that as well, which is basically, yeah, first of all, just learn everything that you need to know about everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So once yeah. that's done. <laughs> Easy. That's done. Next. Yeah. Nobody knows everything. Everybody's always learning something. You know, every day is a school day. It is. There's always something that you can learn. Absolutely. So we're incredibly grateful for all of our guests coming on and sharing their advice and their experience. It's been kind of mind-blowing, isn't it, how much they've yeah. been willing to impart and actually how honest they've been about themselves Yeah, and, you know, any struggles they might have had and starting out and all, all that kind of stuff. Incredibly honest. Very honest, very, very generous. Yeah, and we're grateful to you all. Thank you very much. We most certainly are. Thank you very much. I went to a wedding on Saturday, last Saturday. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I was very happy. Good. Yeah, it was a family wedding. My wife's cousin, Sam, who is a French horn player, so relevant. And his now wife, Helen, who is clarinetist. Clarinetist. <laughs> That's a rubbish impersonation <laughs> of was a little bit. But I know that they are listeners of the podcast and enjoy listening. So I thought I would mention them because they're hopefully lying on a beach at the moment listening to this. Oh, hopefully they're not listening to this. Hopefully, hopefully. They're, they're just lying on a beach, enjoying a life in general. Yeah. yeah. So congratulations, Sam and Helen. Yes, congratulations both. I'd just like to take a quick opportunity once again to thank all the amazing guests that we've had on through the series. It's been phenomenal just yes, chatting indeed. to so many fantastic, wonderful and talented people. I couldn't agree more uh it's been a real eye-opener you know it would appear that it doesn't matter what you do in this industry everybody's roughly kind of going through the same stuff and yeah that's helpful to know you know mm. especially when as composers you spend a lot of time by yourself so knowing that there are other people who quite often spend a lot of time by themselves and have all the same issues that you do is uh is mm. is heartwarming mm. and i think as we move into planning for the future of this podcast we are kind of starting with that openness and the yeah. sharing of information and yeah. the just the being honest with uh, our own experiences and and things like that yeah there's a, there's a lot of um i think it's quite normal to be guarded about these things but actually mm. just be open about it yeah you know uh so well uh, i suppose we should mention the get together on saturday oh yes why not Saturday, the 25th of January, 2020. Of course, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I mentioned don't, before. No, no, don't go there again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's Saturday, the 25th, 
Royal Festival Hall. We will be in a bar. Yeah, the central bar. The central bar, yeah. Yeah, it's on yeah. level two. Is the level two, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, that's where we will be from 6pm. Come and have a drink, say hi, uh, and all that jizz jazz. Yeah, and details are on the website, makingsoundtrack.com, and that includes a map, uh, includes all the start times and all that. Yeah. So, yes, uh, we'll be back with some brand new content, hopefully pretty soon. We're going to take a little break. Yep. Um, in the meantime, um, I was wondering about, you know, what can our listeners listen to in the meantime? Because there, there is a lot of good content out there. There is. Some established, some starting up. It's a, it's a really nice way for anyone in the industry, really, to learn about what other people do in the industry. And indeed, stuff in their field as well. I've been listening to a few podcasts. One podcast I've been listening to, which has been really, really good, is Filmmaker's Feedback from Giovanni, fellow composer. And it has some great interviews with filmmakers. And and it does what it says on the tin. You know, they give out advice about what to submit and um, how best to have a working relationship with filmmakers. Cool. That's, That's a really good one. Yeah, on the techie side, there's a new one just started called Mix Bus, which features some of the best producers, songwriters, mixers, engineers, uh, all talking fairly informally about their careers and their approach to music. So, yeah, yeah, that's just, I think it's only one episode in, but that's, yeah. that's Kevin Paul. So, good luck, Kevin. Yeah, all the best. So, is that a series wrap or a serap? <laughs> Go to your room. That's a wrap. How do you find us? Makingasoundtrack.com will tell you all you need to know. Links to the podcast, social media links, and there's information about us too. And if you've enjoyed this podcast series, it would make our day if you could give us a positive rating or review. So head to makingasoundtrack.com and you'll see the button right at the top there. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit that share button and recommend it to someone. And that's it. That's That's it. it for the series. Making a Soundtrack will return though. Ooh, oh, yeah. cliffhanger music. No, no cliffhanger no, music. Just yeah. usual music. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, just the usual music. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. We'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.